Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Ryan Gilliam, Senior Mortgage Banker with Waterstone Mortgage. If you're looking to buy a new home or even refinance a current one, I'm able to help you find the best program and interest rate that fits your specific needs. You could call me anytime directly at phone number 480-635-3035 if you have any mortgage questions or if you're ready to get pre-approved for a new home purchase. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Well, we're back with another episode of Mom Nation Unscripted, and we are in our third season. A couple more shows, and we're going to be in our fourth season. Yes, Katie can count. Aren't you proud of me? (laughs) But I just always like to sort of say that every single episode because it's really exciting for us. I think as we grow together and as we meet more inspirational women, it's just really cool that we can continue to do this and put out information, you know, out there that people can connect with. So I'm super excited about it. I am as well. And you know, the, the stories are inspiring to me. So hopefully they are to all of you as well. Yeah, agreed. And I kind of like the direction that the podcast has started to take, um, you know, in the middle of this season, really, where we've always been really supportive of, you know, entrepreneurial, inspirational women that have really pulled themselves out of the crux and made something and made an amazing life for themselves. We've always really been supportive of that, but uh, we're starting to take that direction where we're getting a little bit deeper into some of these women's stories which I think is amazing. Imagine, you know, being in a similar situation and hearing somebody's inspirational story, how life-changing that can be. Totally agree. And I, you know, it's, we've always been about supporting our fellow moms. So now we get to hear their stories and what they've overcome and how they're excelling at life. And I love it. Me too. And there's lots of them. So, um, so today, well, first of all, before we get into today's guest, uh, before we introduce she who needs no introduction. Um, how, like we've been off for a couple of weeks. So how's the last couple of weeks been for you, Jenny? Um, kind of, I, it's busy yet also kind of laid back. Um, we didn't really go out and do a whole lot. We've mostly been home around the house, but I feel like every day, like real estate has not stopped. So that's been super busy and just, you know, the end of the year. So you're trying to wrap things up and, um, you know, keep everything moving along. And it's hard because a lot of places are closed and you're trying to, you know, title companies are closed, but you still need to get work done. So it's been busy on that end. And then plus, you know, you've got your kids home from school. So you're trying to keep them entertained and also, you know, spend time with them. And it's been really busy, but I I don't feel like I have anything to show for it other than we made some memories and did some puzzles and hung out at home and had fun. How about you? Hey, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, right. A little, a, basically the same. So we did a, a bunch of family time, which was really what I needed. It's been, like you mentioned, you know, typically, so Jenny and I work together, for those of you who don't know, on Team EvoAZ based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and typically during this time of year, we get a break, right, Jenny? Like 
stuff slows down for a couple of weeks. It's usually the perfect two weeks because the kids are out of school and, you know, we can kind of focus on family a little bit more or focus on those things around the house that we've been wanting to do. And and I was waiting for that. Like I have a, a list this long ready for, okay, when work slows down and I can put that down a little bit, not totally, but a little bit, then I'll be able to work on, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, yeah, that didn't happen whatsoever. So I did my best to not make my family feel like I was preoccupied. Um, but, you know, half the time I was doing the mental checklist of, okay, who needs to go where, what needs to happen next, what paperwork, blah, 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 blah. Like putting all of that stuff together because it's it's really been a fantastic, not going to complain, a fantastic end of the year, but it's been a bit different than I think what our natural rhythm is and what kind of we're used to. And we've been working together so long, I feel like we kind of have that rhythm. Um, right. But something interesting happened to me a couple of weeks ago. And it's like this time of year, I just, I feel like I'm bleeding money, man. Like everything, every time I turn around, like it's Christmas, this, and this person needs a gift. And oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And let's send this, you know, somebody something. Well, a couple of weeks before the actual Christmas holiday, I I was on the phone. I don't even know what made me do this, but I was in my master bedroom and decided to get down on my hands and knees and look at the bottom of my sliding glass door. Don't know. Thank you. Whomever gave me that inspiration, because what I found was a hole about that big. I'm not even kidding you that I could stick two fingers through my house, my master bedroom. I don't know. It could be years. It's been like this, like ever since we bought the house three years ago. How did I not notice that? Like my whole family calls me the inspector. How did I, I notice everything. How did I not notice this hole? It's like where the weather stripping had worn away. So if you're not looking at it, even if you're cleaning the door, if you're not like actually looking at it, you're not going to see it. But I was wondering, right. I was wondering why my electric bills were so dang high. And my husband's like, oh, it's Arizona in the summer. We have a two story. I'm like, no, like I sell enough houses that I know I'm not supposed to have a bill like this. This is ridiculous. Guess what I found? The reason for the bill. Mm-hmm. Wow. At least yeah. you found a, the reason behind it. It's yeah. And, and it's only going to be, I don't know, $20,000 more to get all the windows redone because now now I got to do that. Now I can't like leave this gaping hole in my house. And if I change out that super crappy sliding door, like anyway, tis the season to spend money, I suppose. So I'll be doing that. (laughs) It's not stopping for me. How about you Cher? Well, um, we did a lot of family time and staying in as well. Um, we were missing one of our kiddos. So that was hard um, for the entire month, but our neighbors, we got together and we had a bonfire and smoked some meats in the smoker. So that was really fun. Awesome. Yum. That makes me hungry. Uh, I love smoked meat and I'm not like, well, you guys know I was vegan for a whole bunch of years. I'm not like a super meat lover, but I could eat the crap out of some smoked meat. That must've been awesome. Yes. And the kids like it too, because we get to be outside and have bonfires, which means marshmallows. So they're all over that. Cool. Did your oldest have a fun time? Yes. Now that she's back, I'm so excited that she's back, but she had a lot of fun. She loves her family. 
she has three siblings there. And so, you know, when you don't see siblings that are super close to your age all the time, like it's more like a friend. You're like, hey, it's a sleepover party, you know? So she loves oh, going there. That's, that's great. Fun. So she got to party down for what? A solid month she was gone? Yeah, a month. How did mama do with that? Thankfully, she texts and we can FaceTime and all of that. Like she's at that age, but it still stinks. Like, you know, we were putting up the Christmas tree. I did not have time to put it up before she left. So putting it up without her, that was weird. Um, mm. And then I even, I took it down the morning that she got home. I was like waiting, waiting, waiting. But then I'm like, this thing is driving me nuts. The baby got new toys. Like the toddler got new toys that is taking up the living room. I need to get this stuff away. So yeah, she's like, mom, the tree's gone. I'm like, I know I had to take it down. Here's all your presents though. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here, <laughs> don't worry about that. Let me distract you. And then it was really cool because while she was gone, I reorganized her room and um, switched her out to a loft bed since they're in school virtually. Like it just makes sense that they have more room, more space in their room. So she was really, really excited. I redid their bathroom like theme too. So she had a lot of surprises to come home to. Oh, that's cute. And you have such a knack for that. I'm sure it looks awesome. Thanks. So ladies, um, our guest for today, as you notice, there's nobody else on the call and we usually, you know, the, the three of us co-hosts usually have a guest on the call, but we don't today because our inspirational lady story, our lady story, should I call it that? Is that weird? <laughs> Works. Our inspirational story and our lady for the day, like I said earlier, needs no introduction because it is our very own Sherry Ramo. Hi, Sherry. Hi. I am really excited for this and to hear about your journey. I do know a good majority of the story, but it's, you know, it's not something that we talk about every day as friends. And we've known each other now for what, 10, 12 years, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Your oldest is a teenager. So <laughs> minus yeah. however many years since she was like four years old or something like that. Well, at least 11 because Peyton's 11 now. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. So we've known each other for quite some time, but it's not always, you know, something, it's not always a topic that we get into or get into very often. So I'm excited. I'm sure it's going to be difficult for all of us um, at some points in the story. Jenny, I don't know how much of it that you know, um, but this girl's a rock star. So I'm going to let her take it away and tell us where her story begins. You're too kind. Um, and honestly, you and Mom Nation are the only reason that I share these things. But um, I remember parts of my life that were like really rough. And I just remember thinking, hey, if I get out of this, like I want to do whatever I can to help other moms that might be going through this or experiencing this. So that's why we're doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. Changing lives is really where it's at. I mean, and, and I feel like, inspirational stories and actually knowing. So, you know, our mom nation members, they know who you are. So actually knowing who you are and seeing how you show up on a day to day, like every day consistently and doing all the wonderful things that you're doing. I think it's so helpful to hear that because it's so hard, right? Like people probably look at you and think, oh, her life's been perfect her whole, 
her whole life. Like her, her life is easy. She must have the, you know, perfect relationship. Oh, she has the perfect kids. So it's so easy for her. And it's, I think it's detrimental and easy for us as people to do that, to like compare our insides to people's outsides. Right. And when we learn when we know what their outsides are and we learn what their, their insides are, I just feel like there's such growth and inspiration in the in-between, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that you hit the nail on the head with the fact that we see a lot of these social media lives, right? And that's not real life. Um, we're just seeing these glimpses of what people post. Um, and I think Laura does a really good job of saying like, hey, stop, we need to recognize that this filter isn't real life or, you know, this post isn't real life. Um, so she makes me think about that as well. But um, where should we start? The Navy? Yeah. So was it straight out of high school that you, so take us through that part. Like where did the Navy come in? I know that your parents are military, had military background. So were they your influencers? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was a Navy brat. So both of my parents were in the Navy when I was born. Um, and I definitely think that that kind of influenced me at least um, when I was 17. So I guess in high school, when I started freshman year, I joined ROTC. So that is like the military aspect of high school. It's a junior ROTC program. And mine was Air Force. So I wasn't like super excited about that because they don't have the cutest uniforms. Um, <laughs> they don't. The Navy literally has the cutest uniforms. If the Air Force had the cutest uniforms, I may have one Air Force. So, um, so this is how we determined it, folks. Yes. I love it. I already knew that I would never go Marines because I would die. Like there's no way I could make it through boot camp for Marines. Right. Yeah. So that was out. And this was my pros and cons list, you guys. So then Air Force, like I did four years technically in, in high school, right? That was my mentality. Like, well, I already committed to four years of the Air Force. So now I want to try something new. And I didn't want to go Army, which is hilarious because my wife is active duty Army. Right. But And my grandfather, like I'm super close with my grandfather. He was in the Army too, but there's just the stigma and I didn't want to go in the army. That was it. So it was the Navy for me and they have super cute uniforms. Um, but at 17, so I graduated high school at 17. So before I graduated high school, I started talking to a recruiter. Um, I knew that it was what I was going to do. And my parents, because I was only 17 had to sign away. Um, so I did delayed entry program where I joined when I was 17, they signed and approved it. And then I turned 18 after high school ended. And then I left two months later to basic. So I was wow. actually 18 when I went to boot camp. So you never really had like that period where a lot of kids do, where they just party the whole summer. And, you know, once you graduate and then maybe take a year off before figuring out what to do with your life, like you didn't do that. Uh, no. And I was also a super goody goody nerd. So I never did anything that like a kid would do. I was scared of my dad too. Let's be real. <laughs> um, love my dad. He's the best, but yeah, I did the best. Like get in trouble. So never drink. Well, that's a lie. Like my parents 
let me drink a little bit like with them before I left because I joined the military and they were like, okay, if you can sign your life away, you should be able to have a drink. Um, but it was like at the house with them. So I never did any crazy partying or anything, never tried drugs, anything. Um, like the perfect daughter. Uh, don't know about that, but you know, that saying that says like, Hey, your kid's going to be worse than you. I'm like, Mm -hmm. great. Well, I was really good. So they should be really good. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, went to basic luckily Navy boot camp is in my backyard, right? I'm from Chicago. So it was a couple hours away. Um, but I went where I was there in the winter. So it was cold as heck freezing. I actually caught pneumonia while I was in basic training. And if you get sick like that, or, you know, you get rolled back. So you you start over and I was like, Nope, not starting over. So I just didn't go. I didn't tell them. And I just, I just finished. You did it with pneumonia. Oh my gosh. Inspirational story. Number one. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I just didn't want to redo all that. (laughs) Um, and then from there I went to Pensacola, Florida, and I had a really long training, um, because I was going to be an electrician. So depending on what your job is, they send you to training, they train you, get you ready for that. That was great because I was in Pensacola, Florida as an 18 year old. And now it's coming into summer, right? Cause I'm there for almost a year. I definitely did some partying there. Definitely. <laughs> um, and then from there, I went to San Diego. So super spoiled in the Navy. You get really great places on the beach. And now right. I'm stuck in the Because it's got to be water. Right. So it was phenomenal. Um, had Ariana, my oldest, in San Diego. Um, and that was really exciting. But it also kind of made me think, hey, I'm going to be a single mom. So the military isn't conducive for a single mom. Um, if you deploy or anything like that, you have to basically give up rights to your child, custody rights. So I said, hey, I'm going to get out. Um, you know, it was coming up to the end anyway, signed up for college, got out, moved back home to Chicago. Going from warm weather back to Chicago is the worst, let me tell you. Oh, I bet. <laughs> like, and- you visit New Hampshire, it's the worst. I went once in the winter, like 12 years ago. I'm never doing that again. And when you move, like you're not visiting, you're moving back. I had to shovel again and wear winter boots. It was the worst. I hated it. Um, So I got out. That transition was actually really hard. Um, It was a lot closer. I got out of the military active duty in 2006, like almost 2007. Um, So it was a lot closer than to 9-11, right? Um, so I don't know, like, I just had this weird mentality that, Hey, I'm a veteran civilian companies are going to love me. It's going to be easy to find a job. No, it wasn't easy to find a job because civilians really don't understand the military. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Somebody, no, tried to call. um, the civilians don't understand military jobs or what we do or our lingo. Like there's a lot that goes into it. So they don't really get it. Um, so I thought I would have like this great, amazing big girl job when I got out. Nope. I was bartending and waitressing, which is fine. Um, I do really well. I made great money. Um, but I was working two jobs 
and going to school full-time initially because I was a single mom. Um, <clears throat> after that, had a big falling out with my mom. Can, and can, I, can I pause right there for a second? Yeah. And I know Jenny has some questions about this too. And we'll get into the mom because this is part of the story that I know a little about, but not a ton. Um, talk to me about being pregnant and having a baby in the military. Like that had to have been really hard and you probably weren't able to make a lot of decisions. Like a lot of us moms are able to now, like with birth plans and stuff like that. Right. Good question. Um, I, I feel like I fast forward and like kind of block a lot of that stuff out, but okay. So when you're in the military, whether you're pregnant or not, it doesn't matter when you're active duty, any of the healthcare you receive, you can't sue your doctor. You can't go after them. You can't do anything. You know, they own you essentially. Um, and so that in itself, I think is hard for civilians to understand, especially because as a civilian, you're just like, Hey, military gets free healthcare. Like you see the good parts of it or hear the good parts of it. Whereas on the other side, you also want to remember, um, when I was pregnant, um, I started having really bad bleeding. And when I went to the hospital, this is a kid who's maybe 18, like me too, who's doing the pap and like checking. And to me, I'm inside, like, why are they checking me inside when I'm bleeding? Like, I don't know. I'm 18. I don't know anything. So I'm like, is this going to hurt my baby even more? But this kid doesn't know what he's doing. And there's just some older doctor watching him because it's a training hospital. So there's blood and everywhere. And you're 18 years old. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. And I, I'm doing this alone. So I don't have anyone with me. I'm, I'm there by myself. Um, so that stinks. And you don't have any family nearby. Um, and you're in this place that isn't home really, you know? So yeah, that was really, really hard. Ended up, everything was fine. They did put me on bed rest for a little while. Um, and obviously my daughter's here, so everything worked out well, but fast forward to delivery and I delivered in the Naval hospital in California in San Diego. And I remember that my friend told me if they let you walk around, keep walking around. So I'm just going off of what my friend said. So I'm doing that having contractions, talking to my dad and then go back up and they're like, okay, we want to check you in. And so I had one of my friends had gotten there already and another friend was on her way. So I just had my two girlfriends with me and I had this idea of a birthing plan, what I wanted. And at this point I'm 18, but I still knew I really wanted to have a natural birth. I didn't want to do drugs. Um, and then push comes to shove. Then the doctor comes in and says, Hey, I'm going to give you Pitocin and you're not progressing any further. So I'm going to give you an epidural. And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't really want an epidural. She's like, well, when I give you Pitocin and this is an officer, so not just a doctor, right there to have that authoritative position, but this is now an officer and I'm enlisted. So now she has another step above me as, as authority. And she tells me, no, because Pitocin is going to make your contractions worse. She didn't even give me the decision. She said, you're getting an epidural and I'm giving you Pitocin. So I hate needles with all my tattoos. No one believes me, but I do. I hate needles. And just the idea of this giant, I know this giant needle going in your back. Like I was terrified. So, um, and I just have my girlfriends with me and they don't know, like nobody's had kids before. I'm the first one. 
So we just go with it and we do it. And, you know, I was upset, but what are you going to do? You can't say anything. You kind of didn't really know better also. Like, not that that's makes it okay, but it's not like you had had a baby as a civilian and kind of knew the difference too. Right. Yeah. And honestly, like we didn't have social media, like we have today. We didn't have all of these like crunchy mom groups, which I love because I think I'm kind of a crunchy mom now, but like cloth diapering never knew about that. I mean, yeah, maybe my grandparents did it because that was what you had to do, but I didn't know about it. There's so many things that I didn't know about. Um, and so had my daughter and my friend cut the cord, which is really cool. We're still friends when you're in the military. That's one thing. Um, it's not like just having a regular job. Your friends are oftentimes become your family. And I mean, like I said, I got out in 2006, seven ish. I still have friends that I still go see and travel and talk with all the time. So what is a maternity leave like when you're, do they give you time off? Do you get to rest? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was three months or two months or whatever, two and a half months. It was, it was fine. But me being 18. No, I was, I actually turned 21 when Ariana was six days old. So I had had her six days later, I turned 21. Um, but mind you, again, I'm a single mom by myself. I don't have family. So those two and a half months, I just literally laid on my couch in my house with my baby on my chest. And I just like stared at her, but I didn't do anything. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't buy food. Like it was, it's bad. If I think back to it now, I was definitely not taking care of myself at all. Um, which is probably why I ended up back in the hospital. So my parents came down a couple weeks later after I had her to visit me. And one day I like collapsed and my dad's like, you need to go to the hospital. So we all go in and I had, um, like an infection so something like my placenta, something didn't come out fully. So I got an infection and I was super sick and had to stay in there for a little bit. And yeah, at least they were there though, at that point. Ouch. That sounds crazy. So like you, the way you tell the story, um, you, you seem like, Oh, you know, it's just, it, it was fine. It's just my experience. And, and to me, I'm like, if I was going through that, <laughs> I'm like dying, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you just kind of, and they say this in the commercials or whatever, but you really do just have to adapt. Um, The other thing that you made me think of when you asked me about like having a baby in the military. So fast forward, maternity leaves over. Now I'm going back to the military. I got to fit in my uniform. Mm. Okay. That's first thing. Or if you don't, you have to buy new uniforms. Um, you do have like a a period of time where you don't have to go do PT, which is physical training, which you do before work. Everybody goes to the gym or goes and does something physical fitness every day. So I had a little bit of time where I didn't have to do that, but think it's 2006. There were no mommy rooms. There were no, I mean, nothing. And I worked in public in other words. No, none of that. Like that wasn't acceptable, but even more like I'm 21 and I'm back to work. I'm one of the few females. So pumping even there's no fridges, there's nothing, there's no anywhere. 
and right. I'm surrounded by a bunch of dudes. So I used to pump in our bathroom. So our bathroom was sinks, restrooms, and then we had lockers and a shower because after PT, you'd go shower, change and go to work. So I'm pumping in this little shower area. So that's not sanitary. That's gross. But right. what did I have? I had no other choice. So I'm pumping there. And then we had these fr- tiny refrigerators in the shop, right? So there's all these different shops. We have the mechanics, the electricians, whatever. So in our shop, we had a mini fridge. And so I'm trying to keep my boob milk over there. And all these guys are like, ha, ha, ha. It's Tater's breast milk or whatever. Like it's so dumb. So yeah, needless to say, I only ended up nursing her for about four months because my three months on maternity leave or two and a half or whatever. And then when I got back, like I'm 21, I don't know, like, I'm not going to keep dealing with all this craziness. So eventually I like stopped pumping as much and then I dried out. So, so Jenny, do you have another question about the military? I'm more just amazed that you even made it that long pumping and, and breastfeeding and especially in a male dominant environment that had to have been so uncomfortable to do. It was, it was super uncomfortable. And now looking back, like Katie said, I had no other experiences to go by. I didn't have family. I didn't, I didn't have anything. So I didn't know any better either. Um, like, yeah, it made me uncomfortable and feel awkward, but I didn't, if I, if you would have put me in that situation now, after having two more kids and being this quote unquote, like crunchy mom and no drugs, and this is my birthing plan. And you're going to listen to me like, no, I'm totally different woman now, you know? So, but I don't know. You just, but but it wasn't such a, um, talked about thing back then. So that just goes to show how strong you were to have even made it that far, because I don't even think one day stepping in there around other people, I would have done it. I would have like quit right then and there and been like, sorry, it's not happening. So I, for you to have even gone a month and going in there and pumping in that situation, it goes to show how strong-willed you are and determined you were to do what you, even with limited knowledge at that point, what you felt was right. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just stubborn, but, (laughs) um, it's actually funny too, because even now, like I, um, getting out and like eventually having people that were my age or a couple years older, having babies, um, pretty much everyone that I know was like, I'm not letting a baby nurse, you know, and they have that mentality. Like, Oh, it's gross. These are mine. Like they think of it differently. And so I guess I didn't really think of that then, you know, like I was just like, I'm going to nurse my kid. Um, but I'm glad that whatever in my mind or my head told me to do that, that I did it, that I wasn't scared of it or worried about it because I had nobody, because I didn't, you know, I was going at it alone and being so young. So yeah. And there, there was definitely, it's getting a lot better now, but there was definitely that sort of idea out there that, you know, nope, give them the formula. Don't yeah. need to do the, the breastfeeding anymore. And, and I mean, we've learned so much since then. Right. Yeah. So you decided that you didn't want to give up custody rights for your kid, which I can totally understand. Um, and so you got out of the military when you could is what it sounds like. Cause you probably needed to wait to a certain time. Um, yeah. moved back home, froze your butt off. Did you move back in with, with your parents? Initially? Yeah. So okay. they, 
that's kind of what it was kind of like, Hey, you should get out. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a good idea. And it was like, Hey, you get out, go to college and I'll help you watch your kid. Like, okay, that seems reasonable. Right. Sounds like a plan. Right. Um, but I'm sure anybody that's lived on their own and then goes back and lives with their parents, like that's a challenge. Right. And then I already, I have a kid, so I'm like an adult now officially, um, with this child of mine. And so my parents had like a full finished basement, which was nice. It's kind of like an apartment. Um, but if you guys have seen any of my former podcasts where I talked about, you know, my relationship with my mom, um, it's not always a great relationship. She is bipolar. So there's definitely some toxic, um, things that come into that relationship and I should have known, but I also, like, I've said this before, it's my mom. So I, she's blood. Like I really, no matter what, I kept trying to keep that relationship open or like, I kept wanting it to work. Um, so, but I should have known better, like, Hey, this isn't going to work, but so I'm there. And honestly, it was a specific day. She didn't want me to go out. I'm mind you, I'm working two jobs and going to school full time. So I wanted to take Ariana out for dinner, um, to a restaurant that I worked at and to the park. And for whatever reason, my mom didn't want me to go. And it got bad when I got home. She was saying that she was just going to keep my kid and she was kicking me out and I couldn't take my kid. So, yeah. So obviously I took my child and it's the middle of the night and the middle of winter at this point. Um, So I think it's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, snows on the ground, take my car, take my baby. And I just had enough time to grab, you know, formula bottles, whatever, at that point. Um, I stayed with a friend that night and then I was in a hotel for a little while, probably like a month. I stayed at a a hotel that was across the street from the other restaurant I worked at. And then I was able to find, um, go ahead. But, but you lost your childcare. Yeah, but I, I made it work. I had friends. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I'm like, how in the world did you keep the two jobs and all the, the plates spinning? <laughs> um, it wasn't you lost your situation. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, cause I'm like, I have my best friend from when I was 16, her and her husband helped me a ton. Um, I had some friends that I worked with at the restaurant that had kids that are moms, you know? Um, and when you work in a restaurant, you're not necessarily working Monday through Friday, eight to five. So right. between our like schedules we could make it work but it was I mean it was crazy she's like hopping from this person to this person to this person so I could make shifts and go to school um and then I eventually one of my friends helped me his dad was the mayor of one of the towns helped me find an apartment above a garage so it's a garage there's two bedrooms and a living room and a kitchen upstairs I got one room and then I had this female roommate that I didn't know, but that's what I had to do. Um, so we stayed there, but it was literally, we would just go there and sleep. It was super tiny. Um, I ended up having to get my aunt to help me to go back and get my crib. My mom wouldn't let me in the house. So had to get the police involved so I could go get the crib for the baby and move it over and a bed for myself. Um, so we had that, but then uh, we were able to get, after that, I saved up a ton of money. It's going to school. 
I was able to get a condo with another girl that I worked with. So we had a two bedroom condo, really nice area. Uh, it was very safe, but third story. So, you know, coming home as a single mom with a baby car seat and groceries, that was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You need like um, the police system. Pull it up to <laughs> I know. I was like, why, why didn't we get a condo with an, uh, an elevator, but whatever. Um, we made it work. I had one strong arm at that point in life (laughs) from the car seat. Yes. Everybody knows that like the car seat curl, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) I totally remember the car seat curl and I too moved into an upstairs apartment when, um, Aaron was a baby and I, the parking was in the back. So I'd have to walk around to the back to do groceries and have the, like, it would take me sometimes multiple trips carrying, you know, a car seat plus groceries. Because you can't leave the baby upstairs when you're going back down to get more groceries. Right. So you have to keep keep bringing them. Oh my gosh. Uh, Don't miss those days at all. Hey, free workout. You didn't have to go to the gym that day. True. So how old is Ariana at this point? Ariana is 14. No, oh, at oh. when you were in that. Um, so when I got kicked out, she was under eight months. Old. She was eight months maybe, but she was under, she was still under one. Um, so just a baby. Yeah. So, and then I'm trying to think of how old she was when I got the condo. So not to interrupt you, but that's, that's insane. Like I'm trying to put myself back in my, you know, 22, 21 year old mind. And for my mom to freak out on me when I have a little baby who, who wanted, who said, Hey, come stay with us. Cause we'll help you. Yeah. It sounds like you just get all situated and then she freaks out like emotionally and mentally, what is happening to you? Like, I, I get it. And I know who you are. So I know that you do what you need to do, but like on that level, like what's happening for you now? I don't, I don't know because honestly, like I don't, I didn't have time to sit there and think about my feelings or my thoughts. Like I just had to survive, you know, yeah. and, and make sure that she was taken care of. So I don't know. And I think even to this day, like I block a lot of like the emotional aspect of it out. Mm-hmm. Cause you just couldn't, it just, you didn't have time for that. Yeah. And I mean, as a mom, like I'm a mom now, um, you know, I, I guess I don't understand the mental illness part of it. Right. Like this is my kid and I would never do anything to hurt her or to push her away like that. That's, that's my thinking, right. With my kids. So Mm -hmm. for another, for a mom of someone else to do that, like, I can't comprehend that. Um, So I don't know. That had to have driven a larger stake in between you and your mom, which you had already had, I think, right. Just in terms of growing up and stuff like that and your experiences. Did you ever recover from that with her? Um, So I still for a lot, so I'm only what, 21, 20, still 21, 22, Um, at this point, I definitely think that it is one of the main reasons why I cut my mom out. Like that is something that always stuck with me. Right. But no, for still, for a lot of years after that, I still kept trying to have that relationship with her to keep her in my life. Um, 
but that amongst other things, that's one of the big ones that really kind of solidified my decision is, Hey, I don't, I can't have this in my life. Well, so what's dad doing at this point? Cause I know you and dad have a great relationship. Yes. So again, it is like the mental illness thing. Right. And my dad had dealt with it for years and years too. Um, but I think my dad's way of dealing with it was just to kind of like not take a blind eye, but just like, she's not going to calm down or get any better if I go against her. Right. Right. And try to say, no, this is our kid with our grandchild and she's going to stay. He would, I mean, he tried to meet me and get me whatever things that I needed, but when it came down to like, Hey, I need to come in the house she was, she wasn't having it. So we had to get the police involved, but my dad was, you know, coming and meeting me and said, Hey, I got you this, or I brought you this, you know, Mm, he's such a sweetie. So, okay. So you're in the third floor condo. You have a really big muscle on one arm. Then (laughs) what? Um, so then, so this is definitely before she's nine months old, because now I'm thinking I got, um, I got recalled for deployment. So I'm in the reserves. Yeah. So I'm in the reserves now. I'm not completely out of the military. Do you have to go to the reserves? Um, no. So my contract was for four years, active duty, six reserves. Okay. Got you. That was my initial contract. Um, so can you get out? Yeah, I'm sure you could have, I could have, but you have to put in like a hardship paperwork or something like that. And I didn't, I didn't want that because it's not necessarily great. Um, if that makes sense, it's not necessarily yeah. bad. It's not like a dishonorable thing, but it is listed on there as you requested to get out because you can't do it basically. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that right on your record. Right. So, um, I get called to go to Afghanistan. Um, and with a nine, nine month old. old, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, that was really hard. I did still have to give up rights to my child, which were to my grandparents, um, because of that relationship struggle. So that, I mean, did that impact her? I'm sure. I'm sure she didn't like that, but I, I guarantee you, if I gave rights to my mother, um, of my child that I would have never gotten my child back or I would have had to fight for it and like deal with the all kinds of drama. So, right. Right. Um, so your grandparents kept her when you had to leave. Um, so yeah, it was in paperwork that my grandparents would keep her, that they had like full power of attorney, everything. Um, and then going, um, and just getting all the paperwork done and everything like that in itself was just like mind. I don't know. Like it was, very hard. Like you're literally signing documents to give your child away full guardianship to somebody else for a certain amount of time though, or indefinitely until new paperwork is drafted when you come back. Um, I think it was something about the year deployment or whatever, but it's indefinite because what if you don't come back? It is indefinite, but I mean, my deployment stuff was in there, but it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, so yeah, it was, and of course at this point, like, I think I had just gotten that condo. I had just bought a brand new car, all kinds of stuff. Like I was in a semester of school for, you know, I was in nursing school. Um, 
and you, I got these orders 15 days before I had to leave you guys, 15 days. That's all I had. So to, you know, get out of the condo, to figure that out. Cause I had a, a roommate too. So I'm not going to screw her over. Um, I have this car payment that I'm paying on and I'm not going to be here. There's just a lot to take in. Um, so I don't know that 15 days blew by. I had to drop out of school, even though the semester was almost over, I still had to drop out because I wasn't going to be there for finals. Um, which because there's a military clause, like, okay, you're not responsible, whatever. But that means that I have to start that entire semester over. So that's still annoying. Right. That's so just, just things insane. like that. That's insane. 15 days and you have a child and you have responsibilities. I, I just can't even wrap my mind around that. So remember when I told you that I got off of active duty because I was a single mom and I didn't want to do all of that. So when you're in the military as a single parent, or if you're in the military and it's called dual military, meaning both parents are active duty or both parents are in the military, you have to have a family care plan. Um, and it's for these reasons. Exactly. Right. So I already had to have a family care plan. It doesn't mean that it was enacted. Doesn't mean that it was signed and, and dotted, but I have to have some kind of plan that, Hey, if I get orders, this and this and this and this and this are happening mm-hmm. with everything back home. So you have to have that. And so I, I, I had it cause I have to, to stay in. Um, but then you actually have to put it into place. So so you went um, for a year and it was Afghanistan that you were deployed? Um, can you see me? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was Afghanistan that I was supposed to go to. I did end up getting um, flagged. So that was helpful. <laughs> helpful, I guess, um, because it did cut it short. So that was nice. Um but then I had to deal with all the flag, you know, that stuff when I got back. And mm-hmm. when I got back, it was also a pain because now I didn't have a condo anymore and, you know, all of these things. So just restarting and, and getting everything from the ground up again. Um, you know, my kiddo was little, so I think it was maybe a little bit easier than her being older um, because kids are really resilient And maybe they don't understand all of those things when they're that little. Mm -hmm. So I think that was helpful, but. And these are, this is back in the time when, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we even had like Skype was, was that regularly used even at that point? Were you able to see her while you were gone? So for the military, they don't have, um, we didn't have smartphones. That's for sure. We had like flip phones. If you guys remember those razors, I think I had the, um, the Ami, like the tattoo guy from inked. I had his cherry blossom version. Um, so we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have Facebook. Did we have, I think we had MySpace. Maybe we had Facebook. I don't know, but, um, the USO, there's some really great programs out there that the military has. The USO has a really good one where they pay, but you read a book as a parent, you read a book and they record it and then they send it on a little flash drive and they mail it back and they pay for all of that. Um, so there's some really cool programs like that. And then it's different when you're deployed because the internet and the security, you don't necessarily get to Skype, but there are certain secure networks that you can use at specific times. Um, 
but also overseas, it's a different day. It's, you know, 16 hours or whatever different. So, right. Right. So were you able to have, um, and just as a reminder, we're getting up to being pretty close to having to end the episode. And then, and then we're like, not even all the way through your stuff yet. And I know that, and it's bugging me. We'll have to do part two. We'll have to do part two. <laughs> um, but how, like walk us through that. So you're in another country, probably all sorts of things going on for you there because it's uncomfortable to be in a place that you're unfamiliar with. Right. And you're back especially in the for female, especially in, for a female that area. dealing with female things. Right. Um, and you're unable to, because of the time difference or whatever, it sounded, it sounds like you didn't get to communicate with her probably as much as you could now with current tools. Am, am I right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish deployment on any parent ever. Um, but especially then, you know, even for relationships. So Vinny deploys a lot and we have FaceTime and we can talk anytime that she's not working. It wasn't like that then. Um, so, I mean, I always say to Vinny or like tell people like, Hey, I'm really thankful that technology is where it is today because writing letters, um, or, you know, waiting a couple weeks before you get a package like that is intense. It's, it's not fun for anyone, you know, relationship wise, whether it's a spouse or a child, but especially parents, mom or dad, or doesn't matter. Like I would never wish any parent to have to leave, to go to another country and not be around your kid, even with technology, you know, I, there's, there's neighbors here that we have and friends that we have that deploy or don't get to come home because they're already deployed when their wife's having their baby. They don't get to come home and witness the birth, especially COVID's definitely made that um, more common where they're not getting improved regardless of normally, maybe they would have been able to come home. So it's just, I think that there are tons of benefits, I will tell you, and I would have joined the military all over again, but there's also a lot of hardships that, you know, families have to endure. Well, and it's not like you went into your career expecting that you were going to have a baby either. So mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was kind of a surprise for you, I know. Um, But in in a child of her age at that time, even if you did have FaceTime and stuff like that, um, do they really connect with that at that age? So do you feel like you kind of lost, lost some, some ground there with her at all? Or when you came back, were you able to just kind of pick back up where you left off? Cause we know how it is as moms. Like we have all this guilt and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, I think it definitely was guilt on my part, but I think as far as like jumping in and picking up, like she was, she was fine, you know? Um, and the fact that my grandparents got time with her and, you know, that is something that I will cherish forever too, because I'm really close with my grandparents. I love them. Mm-hmm. And she must be at this point. I mean, naturally, right? Yeah. They, I mean, my grandparents are great. They, all the kids love her or them, but yeah, she's like their little baby. They, they are super attached to her too. Well, I can imagine she probably felt like she was theirs for a certain amount of time anyway. Yeah. Was that the only time that you were deployed? Yes. Oh, thankful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, appreciate you serving for our country, very appreciative for your hard work, but I'm sure you were thankful for being able to come back home 
get back into the swing of things. So, but you were still in the reserves at that time. Yeah. So funny story after I got back after everything, um, I, I was also driving like three hours to go to drill. So if you're in the reserves, you go one weekend a month, two weeks a year, whatever. Um, so there was another point in time where I did have to do my two weeks and I went to California, which was nice. I was supposed to go to Rota, Spain. I really wanted to, but with having a baby, um, I went to California and Gina is in our group. She's our Texas state leader. She's Ariana's stepmom. And so for that two weeks, it was really scary because they had never had Ariana there, but she got to go there and visit. So, and yeah. she was a little, little one at the time, huh? Yeah, she was little. Oh, so, okay. So you came back, got all situated again. What happens next? Did you get your old job back? Um, yeah, I mean, they have to do that. I think I, yeah, I worked there and then man, like, I don't even remember. I was working, I was just working, going to school. I finished up another semester, um, or two more after that, three more. And then, um, somewhere along the line before between then 2007 and 2009, at that point I got married. Um, and then got a house in not a house. I rented a house, um, and then had baby number two and then early 2010 moved to Arizona and met your lovely face. So that was really nice. I ended up changing program majors at college because I was in nursing. Um, and there's just no way that I could stop working. Cause I was still working two jobs. And my spouse didn't work, um, but there was no way that I could afford to quit my job and do clinicals. So I ended up switching to healthcare admin and moved to Arizona and finished that degree here. So this is where I'm going to stop you. And um, because I feel like there's, this is a great part. This is a great stopping point for part two to begin. Cause I know you and I know your story and I just want to leave the idea out there you know, with our audience of why they may want to especially listen to part two, you're now in this and correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But now in this sort of era, what you're talking about right now, did you discover that you weren't into guys? So I think I always knew, I think I always knew. Right. But also remember I joined the military at 17, sign my life away. The military right. at that point was don't ask, don't tell. If you were gay, you were kicked out right. dishonorably. So you weren't saying anything to anybody? No, like not at all. So yeah, I think I already knew, but you know, a lot of people have coming out stories. And the reason I stayed in the closet was because it wasn't socially acceptable at all in the environment I was in. For you, at- right. Right. So you just kind of felt like, I know Jenny, right? Like you just kind of felt like, okay, I'll just go through the motions. And did you just ignore that part about you? And did it just get to a point where you couldn't ignore it anymore? I mean, I think we're going into part two, but (laughs) I think I wanted a family. Like I already had a kid, right? Like my first child, I already had a kid and society had told me for so long, like, Hey, this is wrong. And this is what you're supposed to do. I just wanted a family so bad. I really did. Um, and we'll talk more about like how I found that 
individual or whatever, how that came about. But I just, I wanted a family. I, and honestly, when you're in the military, if you're a single mom, doesn't matter if it was then or now, like people just look at you like you're trashy. Like right? you did like, something wrong. Like, right. What the hell did you do along the way? Yeah. Yeah. So I just was sick of all of that. And, you know, it was just, it was a lot of things, but those were the biggest things is I wanted a family. I wanted to feel like I fit in and I didn't want people judging me for being a single female with a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jenny, did you have some comments? I'm watching your face over there. <laughs> I know. It, it's funny how much progress we have made, even just from, you know, the early 2000s, because to me in my head, like I think back like 80s, 90s, yes, we've progressed a lot since then. But in my head, it's like post 2000, I feel like things should have already been better than they were by that point. And it's mind boggling that it was like, what, 2005, 2006 or so when you joined the military and that it was still a, a don't ask, don't tell policy. I, I didn't realize that it hadn't occurred prior to that, I guess. I, I'm uh, My mind is, is boggled. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was, when we say don't ask, don't tell, it's, it's more than that, right? It's not like nobody cared. And if you never said anything, you're, you're good. No, there were literal witch hunts, right? So yeah. I, I did have an experience um, where I was dating a girl, I guess you could say. Um, and people, you know, people just say things, oh, you're hanging out a lot. And then they start to question and then they start to, well, we saw you guys here. We saw you there. So it's, it's not just don't ask, don't tell when people investigate. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's, which it was witch hunting for sure. That's crazy. Well, this is, like I said, this is a good part to, to stop so that part two can begin. Um, because part two, part two has me and Jenny in it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> So that's awesome. Oh my gosh, Sherry. I thank you so much for sharing part one of your story. Like I said, I always, you're, you're so inspirational to me. I know you're so inspirational to other women too, because we watch you and we see you and we see, you know, how much, how much you just, you're killing it out there. Just not only mom and not only business owning, um, but just how much support and, and how much help that you offer, not only for your students, because, you know, we all know that you enroll students in, in college courses, military students, um, but you're just such a resource and such a support system. And to know, to know where you came from and to know that that was probably in some areas of your life severely lacking for you to have a support system and to have that, that type of relationship you know, out there where you could really lean on people. Sounds like you had great friends, thankfully. Otherwise, you probably would have been in the cold that one night. Um, <laughs> But like just such an inspiration. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you guys for having me on. And hopefully it reaches somebody that, you know, you can see there, there can be light at the end of the tunnel, right? Maybe you don't know me exactly how I am today, but I've definitely come out of a lot of hard situations. So regardless what, of what those situations might be for you, um, if you are going through a hardship, just know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There are other women that are in those shoes or have been in those shoes. So you're not alone. Absolutely. And I think just in people hearing that is just support and help, you know, just to know you're not alone in these things. I know that that's really helpful for people. So thank you. All right, ladies, 
What do we want everybody to do for us? Subscribe and yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Sherry. Subscribe and like our podcast. You can find it on iTunes or the Google thing for you Android lovers. <laughs> the thing. Google Podcast. <laughs> yes, Google Podcast. Jenny is always for the rescue there. That's the um, one. <laughs> And then download the episodes, you guys. I download all of them after every episode. Um, but what that really does is it helps us reach more moms out there who could need this. So, you know, maybe this isn't something that you need, but maybe you know another mom out there who could use this. Um, and us getting out there and helping moms is what it's all about. Absolutely. I love it. All right, ladies, until next episode of Mom Nation Unscripted. Bye-bye. Bye. Moms with aspiration. Moms are inspirations. Moms in circulation. Moms at their workstations. Bump, 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 bump. They make a nation. Bump, this is a mom nation.